uh, you've been held in a windowless room for a long time, so long you can't remember how long it's been. You have shackles on your ankles. Sometimes you can see beyond your sleeping pad, sometimes not so much. You're instructed to perform tasks assigned to you according to the will of your captor. Most days you work so long you feel as if you'll drop. Sometimes you have enough food to eat, other times not. It's cold and damp in this holding cell where you've lived most of your life. You've been sick here, but you've had no access to a doctor. You've been beaten regularly, physically and verbally, for infractions perceived by your captor. You still have some of the bruises. You've not been outside this place for a long, long time, and you've stopped scraping the number of days you've been held captive onto the walls. But sometimes you can faintly hear a voice whispering to you from the outside. It's a voice that calls to you in quiet moments when the usual crushing noise more easily heard doesn't drown it out. It's hard to understand the words the voice is speaking. They sound so foreign to you. The voice suggests there is something else outside this cell. When you ask your captor about it, the reply is always the same. Laughter, mocking, anger. So you become afraid to listen. Then one day your captor gets careless, or maybe you're listening closer. The incessant noise seems less. Your captor forgot to lock the shackles on your ankles and bolt the door. You hear the voice outside. It offers you something else. It sounds too good to be true. You've heard your captor say as much. You've been told that the voice offers empty promises that will never be a reality. But you ask yourself, how much longer can you go on here? So you stand up at your sleeping pad. Your legs are shaking. The hair is standing up on the back of your neck. And carefully, timidly, you walk toward the unbolted door. You reach out. Your hand is shaking as you place it on the knob. You can see the red marks from old bruises on your wrists. Something inside you knows you no longer can tolerate the cell, only it's all you've ever known or it's all you remember. Well, it's the moment of truth. You might not get this chance again in your lifetime. Do you turn the knob? Do you step across the threshold and move toward the voice? Or do you shrink back, fearfully choosing the familiar, the devil you know? Do you choose the somewhat reliable crumbs laced with indifference and resentment your abuser has been dishing out for years? Can this really be all there is? Or can you find it in yourself to take a leap of faith? Are you going to continue a life of institutionalized abuse and exploitation, or are you going to walk across the threshold into a different life? Well, that's the choice so many of us are faced with today. Do we continue to normalize the abuse from our religions, our employers, our government, our social circles, and even some of our families? Do we continue to accept, even perhaps cheer, and normalize the exploitation of capitalism and patriarchy? Some say this new path is folly, baloney, or magical flying ponies. They warn it's riddled with danger, disappointment, and failure. Others who remember or who look at the facts, knew this was once a well-trodden path that led to balance, fairness, and equality, and can be again. But perhaps many have forgotten, because they too have become locked in the windowless room for too long. Or perhaps they reject these ideas because they now are the ones with the power. They are the ones holding the key to our cell. Some food for thought. Um, so, uh, as uh, Hamsa Devi uh, has not called in yet, um, I guess um, I am going to go to some music for just a little bit longer. And uh, if she doesn't call in, uh, we are going to have to cancel today's show. And uh, whether we'll reschedule or not, I uh, I am not sure. I can't make any promises here. Uh, it depends on what happened. 
but uh, let me go ahead and uh, let's see. What shall I choose for you today? Um, how about some music from Celia? Okay, let's give it a listen. Right. That's all right. I understand, uh, but I'm glad you're here with us now. 
So um, let me just give you a couple little um, instructions before we start the interview. Uh, normally I would mention this to you before the show, but since we didn't get a chance to connect before we went live, I'll go ahead and tell you now. Um, first of all, thank you for calling in. Um, and there is a little bit of a delay on my phone because I do have a satellite phone. So um, I would just ask for both of us that we be a little bit careful um, and let each other finish a sentence before we jump in. Otherwise, we'll have this kind of awkward uh, talking over each other, okay? Right. Right. Is it okay, okay if, if I just uh, get out of the line and try to phone again and it may work with the camera? Oh, well, there's no point. There is no. Um, there's no visual uh, with this, uh, Hamasevi. This is just audio. So um, there, there's no. You know, we. You know, the, uh, my listeners don't see my guests. So um, don't worry about that. This is strictly an audio, uh, radio type of um, type of show. Okay. Good. So um, can you see if I am now with you connected via Skype or, or just via the phone? Because if it's only the mobile, it would be immensely expensive. Um, well, I don't know how you've called in. Uh, you said you were calling in uh, on Skype, uh, but this is I not Skype to, to Skype. Okay. Um, so do we do we need to cancel for today, Hamasevi? I don't want it. Uh, I don't want it to cost you a lot of money. Uh, this is no, not Skype I to just, Skype. Uh, I just make sure that I'm in Skype. Otherwise, I I, I uh, phone in a minute again. Um, okay. Uh, well, we're live on the air right now, so tell me what you're going to do. Um, if you need another few minutes, I'll play some music and wait for you to come back. Um, otherwise, uh, we need to start the interview. Right. So uh, I will play some music. I will be back in, in two or three minutes, okay? Okay. All right. We'll go ahead and play some music and uh, until you come back. Okay. Um, so Thank yes, you. Um, uh, listeners, no problem. Uh, so listeners, I apologize. Uh, I apologize for this delay, but uh, I'm sure the interview will be well worth it. Um, so just uh, you know, continue to sit back and give us a moment. And uh, let's see. Instead of Celia. Um, let's go ahead and play Narayani uh, by Diva Haley. Okay? All right, here goes. Ancient
Okay, it looks like Hamza Devi is back with us. Um, uh, welcome, Hamza Devi, to the show. Uh, have we worked out the uh, technical difficulties? Yes, I hope so. I hope the line will uh, stay all the time. And yeah. Okay. So, all right. I so, uh, hum- so, hum- let's. Um, you know, just a. Uh, you know, I, I know it's been a little stressful getting connected, and I'm glad you're with us. Uh, you know, technology can be challenging sometimes. Um, so thank you for being with us. And uh, let me ask you, how do you want me to address you? Do you want me to address you as Hamsa Devi, Claudia? Um, you know, what, uh, you know, what works for you? Hamza Devi is fine. Okay, wonderful. Um, well, uh, as I was waiting for you to call in, um, I uh, uh, told listeners uh, a little bit about what we were going to be talking about today, uh, but I didn't share your bio, um, you know, with them yet. So let me do that now, and uh, then we'll start the show. Um, so Hamsa Devi, uh, she became a member of the Fellowship of ISIS in uh, 1981, and she had been initiated into the Druid clan of Dana together with her husband by Olivia and Lawrence um, Robinson, uh, you know, uh, at at Clonical Castle uh, in 1993. Uh, It was also Lady Olivia who uh, ordained uh, me over there at Clonical Castle. So I didn't know if you knew that, Hamsa Devi. We have that in common. Um, So her and her husband uh, visited Olivia many times. Uh, They hosted Olivia at the Fellowship of ISIS conferences and ordinations, uh, uh, you know, as people joined the Fellowship of ISIS uh, priesthood in Germany. Uh, And she also translated a large part of the FOI liturgy into German. Uh, She runs the Grove of Dana, and um, they offer Druid training workshops uh, and excursions to sacred places uh, within the forest there, uh, Tutoberger. Now, I know I'm probably murdering that uh, name. I, I will have to get uh, Hamsa Devi to tell us uh, how to pronounce that. Uh, she's a gardener uh, and a therapist for people suffering from dementia. Uh, her and her husband and their two uh, border terriers live in a little house on a farm at the feet of the Green Hills uh, at this uh, Tuto Forest that uh, I mentioned earlier. And um, they sell the products uh, from their apiary um, in their herb garden, as well as honey, uh, herbs, and incense. Um, So, uh, Hamsa Devi, uh, again, a welcome to Voices of the Sacred Feminine. And please tell me the name of the forest where you lead the sacred tours. Well, it is Teutoburger Forest. Um, the old, the Latin name was uh, Forest, uh, um, sorry, Silva Teutoburgensis, and uh, the name is derived uh, from the old German uh, deity Tür or Tuit. So this is okay, really sacred space here. Yeah. And uh, for those who might be interested, I'll spell it. It's T E U T O. Uh, B-U-R-G-E-R in English. So um, let's start at the beginning, uh, Hamsa Devi. Um, uh, Who is the goddess Dana, and what is the Druid clan of Dana? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I uh, would love to to talk about Dana in... um, offering an oracle that she has given uh, to Olivia. And Dana is saying in that, I am the voice that calls you from afar. I am the blackbird that sings in the morning and lures you back from wandering from trodden paths. I am the gleam of sunshine that speckles the hill growth and casts fitful shadows upon the white flowers of the hills. It is the scent so, of hyacinths and bluebells and white lilies in which I manifest. And, so um, uh, is she, Hamsa Devi, 
is she a is she a, a German goddess? Uh, you know, academically speaking, um, who is she? Um, academically speaking, she is uh, an Irish goddess. She is uh, the goddess of the Tuatha Dé Danann, the ancient uh, people of the goddess Dana or Danu uh, in in um, in another writing. And uh, well, it is uh, not easy to uh, to uh, say from an academic. Uh, point of view who she is as there are archaeological findings but no written sources about her except from Christian authors and they knew the uh, tales which were a mixture of folklore and deities and historical heroes and queens and nature spirits so these uh, people who wrote down the first things about Dana were men and during the day uh, and they were monks and during the day they worked on the beautiful ornamented uh, manuscripts of the gospels but when the stars were twinkling on the emerald eye the veil between the words became thin and then they wrote down the tales of the goddesses and gods of the ancients and they said that uh, the Tuatari Danaan have left Ireland or that they have hidden their palaces under the hollow hills. And uh, there are several theories uh, about whether the Fomor or to which uh, people uh, who invaded the ice they belonged. And there are several um, ideas about it in the academical uh, um, sense, but. Um, well, we work with Dana uh, on the spiritual level, and the deities uh, manifested themselves strongly uh, in, to the people of the Celtic Twilight in the last century. And what I think is very interesting, that especially um, the women uh, were, were seers of these deities. There were men, too. There was William Russell who had also been a friend of the Robertsons. Um, but uh, if you read Ella Young, she was so inspired and described the deities um, very clearly. So uh, we can say nothing is forgotten, and the Dana and goddesses and gods never really went away. It, it is, uh, we say that it is our limited perception that hides, us, uh, that hides them from us. I see, I see. Um, well, you know, one of the reasons that um, I, uh, well, I mean, I, I, myself being in the Fellowship of Isis, I was somewhat familiar uh, with the Tuatha de Danon, um, but that wasn't really my path, so to speak. I was, uh, I was uh, you know, heard the call more uh, from Isis. Um, so I didn't really ever get a chance to explore uh, the Tuatha de Danon very much. But it was brought back to me uh, when I was reading Sharon Blackie's book, uh, If Women Rose Rooted, uh, because she lives uh, over in the U.K., and uh, she uh, is very close to the landscape and the fairy energies and that sort of thing. And um, she mentioned uh, in her book uh, the uh, AOS, Sea. I, I don't know how to pronounce it, uh, but people of the sea, um, or the Sidhe, S-I-D-H-E, the fairy folk. Um, I'm wondering, uh, or is that associated with um, uh, the goddess Dana? Um, and uh, you know, we're, I'm wondering uh, what this, uh, you know, energy is. You know, what uh, mm -hmm. I, I'm not really sure how to classify. Uh, you know, uh, you know whether it's groups of people, whether it's um, um, spirits. Um, can, can you speak to me about that? You know, because I'm doing a poor job of it. I hope you understand the question because I feel like I'm doing a poor job uh, asking it. No, I apologize for no, that. Absolutely, it's up, no, no, uh, no reasons. I apologize. It's uh, it's fine. Um, 
where we uh, we call the she the shining ones, the people, uh, yeah, the deities who uh, who are uh, on. Um, uh, sorry, my English. Mm. The she are the uh, the shining ones, deities uh, in Ireland, but the she are also uh, in the Druid clan of Dana all the deities of the land. And what for me is very important if I uh, talk about deities of the land, it's always the environment. It's no nation. Nation is the sum of uh, language and ethnic um, back, uh, ethnic roots, but that is not what uh, we mean when, when we say um, the deities of the land. It is the environment. It is uh, the land itself with its lakes and rivers and hills. Mm. Okay, um, so, so I understand you're you're saying these are they are de- these are deities of the earth. These are um, you know energies of uh, of nature, and they have no boundaries. Yes. Uh, there are no boundaries, uh, uh, you know, like you know, man-made boundaries of countries is what you're saying. Yes, yeah, that's what I say. So they are deities of nature, uh, but uh, on a very um, transcendent level. There is always more than only fertility. I mean, fertility is extremely important for life, but. It's not only fertility or um, things like or, or natural appearances. It's the what it is hard to say. It is the spiritual refuge uh, in Tiananmen, uh, the land of heart's desire. Yeah, that is uh, where they live, and that is the gift for from them to us. Okay. And when do we first, um, you know, when do we first see reference uh, to the god, uh, the goddess Dana? Is it, um, uh, you know, the indigenous people of of the place? Is that where she, um, you know, enters the picture from the very beginning? Uh, yes, I think so. Um, Dana entered the picture um, in the 19th century to uh, a man who was the seventh son of a seventh son who traditionally has uh, clairvoyant abilities, and he manifested to uh, she manifested to him in the 50s, and she manifested uh, to Olivia, and um, well she gave the message: go on, do well, preach my name to John Doran, who uh, this year, who also worked with Olivia. And I think she, uh, the Dana and deities, and especially Dana, never was away. She was always there for the people uh, who had seership or clairvoyance, and she appeared to them as a beautiful lady uh, with a blue mantle and golden hair and well, she may appear with different uh, different um, figures. She may appear, uh, as Olivia said, uh, with as the bronze-colored uh, woman of the the Maya or the people of Southern America. She may appear in Africa with dark skin, or yeah, she may also appear, uh, or her, her inner being is also in our. Frau Holle or Mother Hulda here in in our region. So, so I think what you're saying is, uh, I mean, what I'm hearing is much like Isis. I mean, Isis. Uh, I know in the Golden Ass, uh, you know, she uh, spoke to. Uh, you know, the people there and, and said she's called by many names. You know, she's a universal goddess. It sounds like um, the goddess Dana is very much the same. Uh, she's sort of like a diamond with many facets. I think the three, yeah, if I say main goddesses of the Fellowship of Isis, is Isis, it's Dana, and it's Tara. 
and all of them are very universal and have a lot of aspects. I think the difference between dana and Isis is that the dana and path goes a lot into nature, or as Olivia said, it helps to to open the windows of the soul, the senses, and uh, to to realize um, yeah the divine in nature. Or as my favorite uh, quote from Olivia is, "Magic uh, is to see all heaven in a flower." And that is exactly what is um, the gift of Dana. So that's very, Isis, that's very beautiful. You can worship Isis outdoors or in the temple. That depends on the preferences of the individual. But um, Dana is uh, is very much an outdoor goddess. You can worship her in your temple, but then you should have living things around a flower or open the windows and, and smell the flowers. So, yeah, Dana is celebrated in nature. The, and okay. her path and is also... Yes? No, go ahead, finish. Um, yeah, and I think especially in, in our age where people... Uh, have so many fears and uh, worries and uh, politicians became more and more greedy. We must find uh, a chance or we, it is good to have a refuge, a spiritual refuge to to develop inner peace. And, and um, I think in communication with the uh, uh, spirits of nature, we uh, can learn how to uh, heal nature and and how to uh, co-create with the deities, as Olivia said it. And that is very much so, Dana and work. So let me ask you, uh, Hamsa Devi, um, uh, tell me uh, a little bit about the Druid clan uh, of Dana. Um, you know, some people might ask, uh, is Druidry obsolete, uh, you know, in our age of computers and virtual networks? Um, uh, I mean, I personally don't think so, but how would you, uh, how would you answer them and, um, and, and why? Well, I think um, it is absolutely not uh, obsolete, but um, really important for our times because uh, we can uh, get lost in the labyrinth of computers and over-information and networks and networks and more networks. Also, uh, networks are important. But uh, I think it is so important to get off the computer and to to feel oneself, to go barefoot, to feel the earth, and uh, to hug a tree, to taste a daisy or fresh water from somewhere, and enjoy the colorful play of sun and shadow on the surface of a lake in in the woods, and not not in the fantasy game um, on on the flat uh, computer uh, screen and it is uh, in this age where we are very much um, working with our head we often get um, get, get uh, yeah away from our senses uh, perception and to develop that is so important for our health it is really unhealthy to uh, not to move or to stay into the com- behind the computer all the time. And in Druidry, we learn again to learn from nature, and uh, we, we work with nature. And I think if something is really important in our times, it is uh, to feel oneself and to feel nature, and not as something separate, but as part of it. And this is what so, we can learn so- in, in Druidry. Um, well, that's that's yep. what I wanted you to talk about a little bit more. Um, I, I mean, um, did the Druids leave much, um, you know, written language? Or, um, I mean, uh, and, and if not, you know, how 
uh, how were you how were you able to glean enough uh, to reconstruct it in um, you know in a, in our modern time? Yeah, the Druids haven't left anything written. They um, the first Druids were modern Druids who started writing in the 70s, 50s, 60s of the first century, but the the ancient Druid knowledge was absolutely uh, only oral, uh, oral tradition. And uh, well, we think, um, or what shall I um, Dana or uh, the Dana and part the Druid part has always been a path of vision. And... Um, we can learn from the she as they manifest to us, they teach us, and we don't have to reconstruct anything. And well, I, I think anyway that reconstruction would mean to do something uh, the ancients have done uh, exactly the same way, but uh, we are in a new aeon, and, and so we must, we don't reconstruct, we we we, we find and use it uh, useful for our times. I'm sorry, my English. Uh, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, yes, I, I I believe I, I believe I do. I mean, um, I know having led uh, my husband and I led uh, uh, an ICM uh, within the Fellowship of ISIS, uh, the ISIS. Um, uh, the ISIS Navigatum, uh, and, um, you know, what we did was we um, sort of cherry-picked from the past, and, um, you know, we couldn't recreate exactly uh, what they did in ancient Egypt, but we cherry-picked the best ideas um, and that were relevant for today uh, to sort of redefine um, the worship of ISIS, um, you know, for contemporary times, and yeah. um, maybe that's—I I think that's what you're what you're saying. Yes, yeah, absolutely. That's uh, what we are doing too. We have the um, we have the background in in the myth, uh, mythology and. Uh, this mythology has inspired mystery rituals, and so we are. We have taken um, what shall I say? We have taken the 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 thread, the thread from our ancestors, but the path is a new one. Yes, yes, yes. Of, of course, uh, because things, you know, um, and, and and I mean, I think another way to say it is um, spirituality is a living tradition. And uh, yep. and it has to evolve. You know, it has to evolve. It can't stay the way uh, it was in the very beginning because life changes. You know, I mean, it's it's really kind of uh, as simple as that. Um, well, uh, Hamsa Devi, tell me a little bit about uh, what the what the the work in your grove of the Druid clan of Dana. What sort of things do you do? Uh, we are celebrating the seasonal festivals, um, the Celtic ones, Lunasa and Sawin and Imbolc, and uh, did I leave some? Yes, okay. And uh, we celebrate uh, sometimes full moons. We have a goddess day, one goddess day uh, a year. And uh, what we often do is uh, visiting uh, places of, uh, yeah, sacred places. We have a lot of wells around here, and we are uh, researching the, the mystical landscape of the region and do healing uh, rituals and blessings and, well, all what... Uh, what is done in the grove, uh, so also wedding rites and yeah, the the usual rites of passage also. And um, okay, everybody and has does, uh, that is. Yep. Uh, the 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 
the Druid clan of Dana, uh, are they exclusively pagan or no? No, it is absolutely universal and absolutely eclectic. So my husband and I are coming from uh, a Buddhist tradition and uh, that harmonizes wonderful. There are many Christians who are in the Druid clan of Dana and um, if you see the history of Ireland, that was always, um, even Christianization was not so uh, brutally done as it was done on, uh, on the continent. And so it always mingled, uh, it had mingled there in a peaceful way. And many Irish Christians and good Catholics are going to a sacred sea uh, of Dana or sacred well. Uh, so, no, there is... As everyone in the fellowship, there is nothing is exclusive. Everybody is always uh, true. There. True. Uh, people may not know that that the fellowship of ISIS is global and it is very eclectic. And um, uh, you know there are Christians and pagans and uh, you know people from all religions who um, are welcome and uh, are part of the fellowship of ISIS. Um, well, Hamsa Devi, um, I can't help but feel that there's maybe a kindred uh, sisterhood, if you will, between maybe Dana and Bridget. Um, I'm thinking about uh, having visited Ireland with the sacred wells and, uh, you know, the landscape. Um, it is, it, you know, would you say there's a, a bit of a parallel? A bit, sorry, I didn't understand the last few words. Um, I, is there a, um, uh, any similarity between Dana and Bridget, the goddess Bridget? Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. I think also Bridget also appears as a pagan goddess. I think she is a kind of Christian daughter of, of Dana uh, in a way. And... Um, she is, uh, yeah, there is a sisterhood or a mother-daughter uh, relationship. And uh, Bridget is a goddess who cares a lot about, yeah, fire and water. Dana is totally universal and her mental care is, is the sky. And Bridget is, uh, yeah, a carer of the flame. And she is also... Um, a guardian at the sacred bird and okay, a, a healing okay. goddess as Dana. So if someone wanted to uh, learn more about uh, Dana, um, and you know, where would you point them? Well, I would uh, say I would heartily recommend them uh, our Fellowship of ISIS Central web page, because Linda, our webmistress who does that page, that was authorized by Olivia, has collected a lot of beautiful material on Dana and the Druid clan of Dana and lectures from Olivia. And if you go uh, there in the Druid clan of Dana section, you will find a lot of stuff. And uh, if you go to our archive or the archive org, you will find the writings of Ella Young and you will find the writings of A.E. William Russell and uh, that is really a, a treasure. Um, not to forget William Butler Yeats. And just read the and, uh, of the Celtic Twilight. They, there is a, a lot of, of uh, things you can learn about Dana and the and yeah the deities and about the Druid Clan Fellowship of Isis uh, Central is really the best address I can uh, imagine. Okay, and what would you say um, is the message of, of Donna for uh, modern, uh, you know, Druids and uh, Druidesses? I, um, I would like to quote again Olivia and an oracle. The, they say uh, wisdom, no, 
No, the mighty truth, the fount of wisdom is within each one of you. Unless you are proud of being unique as human, the same wisdom is in the wolf and in the sky of the heron. Wisdom is transcendental alchemy, a descending light of illumination, blending heaven with everyday experience. My injunction to those of you who follow the clan of Dana is to fly with the swans, but also return safely to your nest. Thus you will stay sane. And sanity is the heart one fruit of wisdom. Mm, lovely. Um, well, Hamsa Devi, I want to give you the last word here uh, because we're uh, kind of getting to the end. Um, you know, what have, is there anything you'd like to say about uh, uh, Donna or the Druid clan of Donna or the Tuatha de Danan uh, that I haven't thought to ask you? Pardon? I, is, Hello? is there anything you would like, yes, is there anything you'd like to say in closing? Uh, I think it is uh, the, yeah, the message of Dana or the work of Dana is, uh, as Olivia said it, wherever this goddess appears, even the cat smiles and I would wish many, many people to go, come into the Druid clan, not for themselves, but to spread beauty and joy and happiness and compassion over the world, because these are the things that don't become less if you share them. Okay. Well said. Well, Hamsa Devi, I want to thank you for calling in. Uh, you know, thank you for being tenacious and uh, overcoming the technical challenges today. Um, is, so thank you for your time to bring us uh, the goddess uh, Donna uh, to my listeners. Uh, thank you very much for inviting me. I felt very honored to be uh, to speak about the Druid clan of Dana, which is a really great gift to us from Olivia. Yes, agreed. And agreed. Olivia herself was a gift to all of us. So I would like to thank the audience for listening, and I really would like to thank you for your patience with our technical problem. Oh, no problem. Germany, well, well, thank you, Hans well, we Devi. over. <laughs> Okay. All right then. Um well I will I will let you go. Um uh I will let you go to your uh your wonderful uh, uh garden and uh you know your house in the green hills of the forest. Thank you. And thank you for the okay. wonderful work you are doing with forces of the sacred feminine and all that and inviting me. That was very nice. Thank you. Thank you, Hamza okay. Debbie. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Thank you, Karen. Bye. Um, bye-bye. Um, well, I, I appreciate that she called in, and um, uh, we were having some uh, language challenges there a bit, uh, but, uh, you know, I thank her. I mean, obviously, English is not her first language, um, so I, uh, I thank you, listeners, uh, for your patience with the technical difficulties and the language. Um, uh, however, uh, before we go, um, uh, just a word here from uh, Joe Carson, please. Uh, hang in there with me. tell you about Joe Carson's film Dancing with Gaia, an exploration of earth-based spirituality shot at sacred sites around the world. This is from Janina Renee, author of Playful Magic and By Candlelight. Dancing with Gaia is a magical transformative film. Just watching it can alter your perception of the physical body and the energy field of the goddess Earth. 
Next time you are taking a walk or simply gazing across the landscape, you might find yourself affecting mystical fusion with the local earth forms or making deep contact with the spirits of place. If you want to engage deeper with the consciousness of the earth, there are a number of detailed but simple how-tos. What's more, seeing the exquisite works of these Gaia-inspired artists could energize you to start working on some of your own spiritually expressive projects. The DVD was shot in some of the most powerfully sacred sites in the Western world. It comes packaged with a 45-page color booklet which goes even deeper into the ideas and techniques in the film. The package is just $20 and you can get it from dancingwithgaia.com. Uh, well, just uh, uh, you know, a word there from Joe Carson, and um, uh, as she said, uh, Dancing with Gaia uh, is available only at uh, dancingwithgaia.com. Uh, definitely a must for your library. Um, I have it. I look at it uh, periodically, and uh, there's always something there that uh, I didn't see the first time or the last time I looked at it. So I uh, definitely highly recommend it for your library or a gift. Um, however, uh, moving forward here, let me just mention uh, about a couple of the upcoming shows. Uh, on the 18th, I will have uh, Christine uh, Page with me. Uh, she's a mystical physician, and uh, she uh, has the book out, uh, Heart of the, of the Great Mother. And uh, we're going to be talking about... Um, uh, the Sacred Feminine, obviously, uh, from uh, that point of view. And, uh, and on the 25th, um, uh, Amanda Scott returns, and our topic is uh, Conscious Evolution, uh, The Time Is Now. Uh, I'll also have some uh, words from uh, Pat, our roving goddess reporter, and um, I will be continuing... Um, the Goddess Calling series uh, that I've started this year. Um, I will have the next sharing um, along those lines uh, with you. So um, thank you uh, for tuning in today, listeners. Um, I hope, uh, uh, hope you're well out there. Uh, there's so many challenges today. Um, you know, with the coronavirus, um, you know, looming in the distance, uh, not really knowing where that's going to go, uh, and uh, the political scene, uh, we are definitely living uh, in challenging times. Uh, but, you know, we can't live our lives in fear. So um, I just want to say uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, you are the gas in my tank, and um, I hope the show um uh, you know, offers you uh, wisdom and guidance and uh, inspiration and hope, um, and uh, it's a bright spot in your day. Uh, so thank you very much uh, for tuning in, and uh, just a reminder, if you haven't already done it, uh, please go to the show page and click the follow button uh, so you'll receive notice in your email inbox of the weekly show, who the guest is, what the topic is, um, and uh, also, please do go to uh, my website, KarenTate.net. Uh, you can make a donation there if you'd like uh, to help me continue doing the work that I do. Uh, you can buy my books there. Um, I get a bigger piece of the book uh, if you buy it directly from me uh, rather than Amazon. And uh, you can find out more about my talks and uh, my newsletter, Dancing at the Edges. All right, well, that about does it for today. Um, I hope you enjoy the show, and uh, uh, you've gotten a little bit more information about the goddess uh, Donna, or Dana, D-A-N-A, and uh, I would uh, most definitely recommend uh, the Fellowship of Isis uh, as a wonderful source uh, of information uh, about that goddess, as uh, Hamsa Devi Claudia uh, said as well. Um, I have been a membership of the Fellowship of Isis for several decades and um, definitely uh, one of the better decisions I've made. All right. Uh, well, thank you, dear listeners, and uh, until next week, uh, I shall say farewell. Good night.